Welcome to the third episode of the British Ultra Running Podcast. You're here with uh, James Elson and he is... Dan Lawson. Dan Lawson. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thanks, James. Yeah, yeah, getting excited um, about my next run in the Gobi Desert. I leave, um, I fly tomorrow morning. So, yeah, just getting ready for that, basically. Where do you fly to? I fly... <laughs> To China. <laughs> um, <laughs> How specific? Fly, A country yeah. of 1.3 billion people. Yeah. I fly to an airport in China and then to, and then to Beijing. And then from Beijing, after a, a little bit of race stuff in Beijing, I fly to the Gobi Desert. In, now, to, a, to a place that, I, that begins with a D and I can't pronounce. Okay. So okay. I won't even bother. I have actually been to the Gobi Desert for a race in 2000 and something, eight maybe, the Gobi March by Racing the Planet. We flew from Beijing to Urumqi, where we came Uh off the plane and saw a Chinese man so hammered that he threw up all over himself and collapsed on his uh, baggage trolley. And then we flew to um, a city called Kashgar, which is in the far west on the Silk Road. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I'm more central than that. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. a big place, isn't it? So the race starts when? The race starts, I was a little bit confused. I thought I had a bit more time. But the race starts now with like me taking into uh, like time zones and stuff into a place. I think it starts roughly sort of Wednesday afternoon, okay. uh, our time. Okay, and it's yeah. non-stop, 400k. That's correct. Yeah. And you have drop bags and checkpoints that you can access fairly regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty regular. I think every every 40k, yeah, I can I can access a drop bag. Yeah. Mm. So okay. yeah, so yeah, it should be it should be all right. Yeah. And have you got crew? No, no crew. No, no. Um, no actually, Charlotte is usually my crew on races. Says. So done everything from <clears throat> from here but she's sorted out all my drop bags i i haven't really i haven't looked at what's in there at all so <laughs> but it's brilliant because then each time i come to a checkpoint it's going to be like christmas we be should like point out up. as well that to those people that haven't listened to previous episodes charlotte uh you know it's crewed you at multiple 24 hours goodness knows how many other races she knows what you want better than you do right so yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so how long yeah. is this going to take you to finish absolutely no idea yeah. stab in the dark uh, go on i mean the winners the winners previously have been all around like 90 hours um that seems quick which, to me which, it seems quick so i, I don't know I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what i'll do is i'll just try and get it done as quickly as possible <laughs> okay can, good uh, idea can, what's the competition like is there rest. strong chinese runners or international <laughs> runners i think they were there in the previous two years the chinese runners have, have won it but there's I think there's ten or so um, like so-called like elite runners who are who are coming over. Um, are these raid light runners? Because I see it's sponsored by them. No, so actually the runner I know the most who's going over. I've heard of the most. It's Mike Mike Waradin. The, the oh Mike Wardian. Yeah, yeah. Wardian. Yeah. 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 Better get that right when I meet him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he'll be over there, and there's a, quite a few other. Like multi-day uh, uh, races going over there as well, so it'd be quite interesting because it's quite a, quite a mix of like different disciplines within ultra racing or yeah. racing against each other. So there there'll be a few different tactics out there, I reckon. Yeah. How's your training gone then? So you've just returned from Font Rameau, right? 
I've been in Font Rameau, I had a lovely time in Font Rameau. It's the first time I've been there. Yeah, oh, I, I really loved it. We were having a Alps versus Pyrenees conversation a minute ago, weren't we? Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm Team Pyrenees, whereas you're Team Alps, yeah. Team um, Pyrenees. But, it's a great place. Yeah. It's a great place. And um, so you travel to Font really because there's altitude there, right? And you've got, you know, great training environment, the track, the, you know, the mountains, the trails if you want them. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And and um, a lot of the reason as well is because the, the group I train with, the AB training group, a few of the lads from there were out there. Paul, Paul Navzi, who is a British 100k champion, and uh, Tom Evans, who just finished fourth at CCC. So it, it really helps me to run as part of a group. And especially when that group is a lot faster than me because it really it really pushes me on so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good brilliant really good, stuff yeah. mate. So, so we're a bit overdue with this episode right because we were going to try and do it immediately post the utmb um weekend and uh, for various reasons we we didn't make it and so yeah. we already missed our first self-imposed deadline of getting out every other friday so apologies to um to everybody for basically my tardiness um, UTMB weekend was massive one. There was, yeah. yeah, the usual five events. So between Dan and myself, we both experienced the events firsthand, both as runners and crew um, and just, you know, supporters and fans. Also with someone else um, who ran the race this year, uh, one of the races this year, the CCC, and that's Tracy Dean. And we wanted to also try and give listeners uh, a picture into the events because it's probably on most people's bucket list. They've either, you know, got it on the radar somewhere down the line, um, not necessarily UTMB, but one of the short or even longer events, perhaps. Um, we wanted to to give you a bit of a, uh, you know, an insight into what they're all about, really. So we'll try and bring Tracy in now and uh, and just crack on with a general chat about the UTMB weekend. So welcome to the show, Tracy Dean. How are you, Tracy? I'm good, thanks, James. Yeah, my birthday yesterday, so uh, I'm even oh. better now. I'm a year older. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank Happy you. Birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So you came yeah. back from running CCC a couple of weeks ago, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, it happened uh, the weekend of uh, well, the, the, the first week, first of September. So the the last weekend in August, the first of September. So a couple of weeks, oh, a couple of weeks back now. Was it your first yeah. time at the race? No, I've I've been before actually. I did it last year, um, I, the CCC uh, race last year. Um, so second time there. I've been to France a couple of times, and I've actually been out. I've I've been out on the whole of the UTMB course, um, probably about three year, three four years ago. So I did it over three days actually. The whole the the UTMB course, mm-hmm. and just took it easy. Went out with some friends and um, stayed in the. Uh, stayed in the refugees, the the, the huts there, um, and just walked the course and ran bits of it, and just got a feel and familiarised myself with it. And that was that was two years before I'd even uh, done one of the races. So that, you know, I was kind of getting my head around it maybe that back then, three four years ago. Yeah, that's I think is a really good way of getting to see what it's all about, and actually probably a lot more pleasurable than actually running <laughs> running the race. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and, uh, 
three days three days is pretty good there yeah, because when what's the cutoff for the UTMB anyway, isn't it? Uh, Forty six. Isn't it two days anyway? Yeah? <laughs> oh, is it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we just did it leisurely. You know, we, we were just doing, I think, eight hour a day. Um, yeah, and then, the, uh, and then the last day, I think we did 10 hours, you know. So we just took it really leisurely. And just our aim at that point um, was to just go from uh, one point A to point B within a day, however long that took us. Um, and, and that was my first kind of experience of the terrain. And, and I was just absolutely blown away by it because I'd not experienced anything like that before i'd only been in the uk really i'd not been uh, uh, raised or or seen much of of europe and i was blown away the enormity of the the mountains just i i was absolutely gobsmacked it took me you know a good few days to to get it all in perspective yeah that's really interesting because that that is something that a lot of the american runners say as well and americans obviously are coming from a landscape where there are lots of 14,000 feet foot peaks so you know stuff that's yeah. not quite as high as you know the top alpine peaks but high enough but the difference is the the relief the prominence you know because if you're Isn't standing it? in Chamonix at a thousand meters or 1100 meters and you look up and you're looking up and you can see pretty much the top of Mont Blanc at 4,800 meters that is just <laughs> it's just absolutely yeah. massive and I think it takes everyone's breath away all yeah. those photos you see when people rock up in Chamonix for the race, the, all, all all the same. Just you know, photos looking up at the the, the snow capped peaks around. It is incredible uh, environment, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you have you either have you uh, done the race or been out there and raced other races similar? Or I've I've raced UTMB. Yeah. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. When did you do I that? Then? Well, when was it? Three or four years ago. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. When yeah, you were a pup, Dan, you weren't even you know yeah. on on the big scene then were you and i my i didn't i loved it and i was the same as you tracy yeah? when i yeah. when i got there it was the first time i'd ever run out in the kind of mountains i i hadn't even been to the lake district so the <laughs> south, like the south downs were mountains for me so um yeah so when i got out there it was just oh you know like when you first like you can go and run for like six or seven hours and you, it just doesn't feel like you've been out at all because everything's yeah. so wonderful and amazing and yeah so, you lose so a sense what, of time yeah yeah that's what i did but unfortunately i didn't go out there two years before the race like you right i went out, I went out two weeks before so um <laughs> okay. so i was doing all that oh my god this is amazing and running and like running seven hours a day yeah and like the week before the race i i went around the utmb as well but i did i went i did it in two days yeah um, great. And that was, yeah, well, I should have been, I suppose, I have been tapering, really. <laughs> but yeah. I was you so, can't do so anything at a normal level, can you? Yeah, well, I paid the price that time because it wasn't, bet, it wasn't yeah. one of my best uh, races. I, I, was, I was reasonably strong in the first, like, to, to the first half to the uh, Cormier. Yeah. And the second half was, oh, it was uh, tough going, no. I tell you. Yeah, yeah. What, did, what but, was your but, finish time, Dan? I think... And I'm not. Uh, I think it was about 27 oh, that's and a half damn hours good. or something. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty great considering. Yeah, it is considering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so go on then, James. Tell us. Tell us your UTMB story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I've been um, every year since 2009, apart from this last year. 
yeah. mostly the first time I went I was crewing two American friends um, and then I entered for 2010 and we got to Contamine uh, yeah Contamine and they called the race off because there was oh, so much that that. Yeah. and yeah. then we had to get back to Chamonix at you know midnight one in the morning and then they sent text to everyone in the middle of yeah. the night uh, but you had to have input your mobile number correctly with the UK dialing code to receive said text that the uh-huh. buses were leaving at 6am to go through to Cormier and that the the, re- the UTMB would continue on the CCC course from Cormier the, the following morning and uh, mm. I didn't get a text um, and I was with <laughs> Mimi Anderson at the time and M- Mimi didn't either so we got up the next morning it seemed pretty quiet in Chamonix and we're looking around <laughs> and see the TV screens are showing UTMB continuing oh, no. on from Cormier the next time I went uh, was t- well the next time I raced was 2012 and uh, the morning of the race they announced that we wouldn't be on the normal course they were going to run us as far as La Balm and then backtrack us on the TDS route all the way down the Chamonix Valley to Argentier and back to Chamonix, which ended up, I think it was a little bit over 100k that year. So yeah. um, I've got uh, two kind of unfinished businesses with, with that race, um, yeah. but have enjoyed being there around the event. And we we. St- we have stayed as a family over in the Cormier side um, many times and supported the race from over there. Um, I found that far more enjoyable than than the pressure of you, you know lining up for the for the big yeah. thing. Um, so there's obviously there's five events going on now, Tracy, and you've been yeah. a couple of times. How how massive is CCC now? How you know what sort of scale are we talking? Because it was over two thousand runners this year, right? Yeah, I, I, well, I'm, I'm not sure of figures and numbers, but yes, I've heard 2001, it sounds about right, but just the amount of people, I think it's on, or, or it gets to be on most trail runners' bucket list at yeah. some point, you know, it's, it's, it's the main, you know, the main race, the main focus, what people want to train for, I just think it's one of those that if, if you're going to be a trail runner at some point you've got to join the UTMB family or the CCC or you know the TDA or any of the the races there and just get in there but just picking up on what you were saying earlier just even just arriving in Chamonix and it's the the whole the whole place is just full of runners and it's it's it just becomes this trail running weekend um and that there's just uh, it's humming with people and all the shops are catering for the runners. You know, they bring out their, their, their they're putting their runners, their, their, their shoes and their gear and their kit and their, and their window displays, you know, and even the pharmacies have got their, you know, their knee braces in their windows, you know. It's, it's just everything is catered for the mm-hmm. runner. The whole, the whole town just turns into the, the, the UTMB uh, sort of main headquarters if you like yeah yeah, yeah. i have to say yeah, like, think... over the years oh, that that it was super exciting to begin with and then because we, yeah. we were traveling with kids after that i f- i found it too much in the end i yeah, honestly I was found it a yeah. bit overwhelming especially for the kids so that's why mm. we went to Cormier because the italian side dare i say it um tends to be a bit more child friendly in terms of opening hours for restaurants and you know yeah. catering oh, okay. for kids yeah and um you can travel really easily through the tunnel on the bus um 
So did you feel like a massive sort of buzz around the atmosphere this year as usual? I think uh, it, I did and I didn't. I, there, was, there weren't massive amounts of Brits there. I, was, I saw a couple of friends there and, you know, uh, uh, and faces in crowds that are recognised. And But uh, I didn't particularly see a, a, a mass amount of Brits, but there were clearly a, a great British contingency there. You know, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think at the time, though, rather, I, I, for me, I felt a little bit removed from the whole thing pre-race. And I think that was more about where I was mentally and what I was doing, which was focusing on my race and really getting into what I was and keeping focused. And that kind of kept me a little bit removed from the buzz of everything and not getting drawn in. Um, and, and that, and I enjoy, and, and wanted that. It, you know, that's that's what I wanted to keep me to keep me focused, mm-hmm. because I found in the past when I've um, been to races and I've been there pre pre race, I can get drawn into other people's races, and then I start to think, well, oh, I haven't got that, or I didn't do that in my training, and or or that didn't, and it starts to to make me feel a little bit wobbly. Mm. So. Yeah. To keep focused, I wanted to just keep myself a little bit you, removed from it. You had and then a job I, to do, didn't you, Tracy? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And, and you, I, you I, did that job as well, no? Well, yeah, yeah. We haven't mentioned yeah. that. You finished, you finished eighth, yeah? Yeah. Right? yeah. Which, is, uh, which is, yeah, a job well done. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So, but did you yeah. have time to, uh, so after the CCC finishes, because it finished, the CCC finishes just... Is that right? Just as the UTMB starting, is that is that about right? Yeah, they time it that way round. Yeah. Well, the CCC starts early morning. I think it was yeah. nine o'clock, something like that. And then I um, on the oh gosh, on the first. So that would have that was that the Friday or the yeah, Saturday? Yeah, start Friday yeah. nine o'clock. Friday, and the UTMB that, starts six o'clock starts on, on the, that evening. On the, yeah, so, so the Hayden finished just just after the UTMB started, right? He came. Oh, that would have yeah. been that would have been a nightmare. Well, you say yeah. that in 2012, Topher Castanier finished five minutes before we started UTMB. So he crossed <laughs> the finish line right in front of 2,500 runners, look facing him. I mean, yeah, what an incredible finish but if he'd been five minutes later i'm not quite sure what they would have done because yeah. they would have not been able to make it through that crowd yeah um, yeah so yeah. so tracy after the race was finished did you have a chance to could you relax a bit more then enjoy enjoy the buzz of the of the town and what oh the, yeah yeah it all came after yeah so yeah just for two days on over that finish line you know you can mooch about around there and just the atmosphere is relentless no matter what time of day it is or night there's still people with this enthusiasm as people are coming in exactly yeah yeah. to be fair i'd hate to be i'd hate to have been staying right in chamonix town center by that finish line and I did see some people <laughs> yeah. going in to their rooms you know in their hotel or apartments whatever they are um and I just felt so sorry for them because it, it is relentless that the support yeah. is absolutely amazing watching from home is yeah. brilliant as well they the the coverage is absolutely superb isn't it yeah, yeah? I don't know about you James I was watching for two or three days watching that uh their coverage it's uh, it's fantastic. I think it proves that we can trail. There's there's um, there's television time for trail running. Yeah, yeah it, it works, is. Doesn't it, no? yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, they had that video feed. Like if we, you know, Tracy, clicking on your results just before we, we yeah. started the call and you can watch back video of you coming through the checkpoints and yeah. <laughs> all your splits and your positions change. And it's yeah. the first, uh, it's overwhelmingly the best broadcast of a race, of an ultra distance yeah. race I've ever seen. And they, I think this year you're right, Dan. I mean, you could literally watch the whole thing the, with commentary um, with commentary and, really, and the chap who's doing the commentary has the best he's like a golfer what's his name randy gaylord is that his name Topher gaylord i don't know what? it might have been randy i don't know is that really his name yeah. i think it was something like that randy gaylord yeah but he was really good ever. he really knew his stuff and he was able yeah, to fill yeah, yeah. hours and hours of uh, with just chat about the event yeah, and brilliant. the runners it was amazing so what, what were the conditions like? Was it as cold as they advertised it was going to be? Did you get snow? Well, I was expecting thunderstorms. I was watching the weather for a week before and then obviously there for, for the days before, a couple of days before it. The weather was absolutely amazing a few days before. Um, really warm, nice. And, and in fact, at one point I thought, you know, it's going to be like it was last year. It's going to be roasting here. Yeah. Um, so I was expect. I didn't know what to expect. To be honest, the weather was the, everywhere. Was saying thunderstorms, thunderstorms, cold, and yet that it was glorious. So I just didn't know how it was going to. You know, I don't think anybody w- would have known. Um, and then it did change a bit, and I was expecting it to be raining on the start line, and it and it wasn't. It was really. Ple- In fact, it was perfect um, for the first. I don't know, sort of five, six hours. Perfect racing conditions. You know, nice, pleasant. You didn't have to have your jacket on once you got started perfect racing conditions and then it when the rain did come in and it did start to get cold but we weren't high enough for long enough for it to affect us on the ccc i don't think i think some of the other guys on the utmb they were up longer you know and out longer in it and you know it did affect some of those people but i think we were lucky and that it was at the end of our race when the conditions started to get you know really sort of um not serious but really change and they just changed the last climb really up to uh Tatavan up, yeah. up, up there um, and they just changed the race route there and that was the only change that we had um, so we were quite lucky we were we were lucky so w- that what did they change they you didn't they just have changed to go as high or, or... It, it, we, well you did you still had to go up to that last checkpoint um, but what they did is they took us um, through a woodland area so you didn't go up um, you didn't go it's like the last climb is a really short sharp Mm. climb up um Tetovon's very exposed isn't it and then you drop down quite quickly to Fergere and you you miss that exposed area just because of the weather and the wind and and came up from the other side right that's it Mm. yeah yeah but it was more drawn out and I felt it was a longer climb up um and and it would have been but you weren't on the top uh running the undulations for as long so you weren't exposed you're dead right James yeah you you, what you we weren't exposed to it for, for longer, but weather conditions, that was it. You know, I think we were quite lucky. Yeah. Um, in terms of yeah. competition, right, you finished eighth this year. Just looking at results, you were 16th last year and you improved yeah. by three hours this year, which is amazing. So congratulations. Yeah. But you, how do yeah. you compare? You've, you've, you've finished high up the rankings in plenty of races over the last five, six years. You know, you've won the mm. Fling, you've won Lakeland 50. How mm. does... A, like a top 10 at ccc compared to finishing you know high up the rankings of a of a you know key uk ultra in your opinion yeah well it's 
on a personal level, it's a, a strange one, really, because I ought to be absolutely elated, and I am really pleased with my performance. Yeah. But I've, I've heard myself saying this a few times. I'm pleased, but I'm not satisfied. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if you can relate to that. It makes total but... sense. Yeah, go on. Try and, try and expand upon that. And what, what do you think it is? Yeah, that... well, the, the, I'm pleased because the hard work that I've put in, I, what it took to get that um was absolute focus and determination i I had a a number of goals one of them being it would be amazing to finish the race (laughs) because that you know i have to start there really and then you know a few other goals and they got a little bit loftier um but yeah to finish top 10 was another one of the goals so and to get that at that race i knew the quality um of the field that was going to be there you know you're racing in europe you've got the best you know trail runners out there and who are very experienced and and so i knew what it was going to take and I, you know and i put the hard work in so it I'm, I'm so so pleased that that paid off and you know i met a number of my goals which was absolutely amazing mm. but i know i can still I know I can still do more in my training, change it a little bit here, tweak it a little bit there. I know there's more in me still, and that's the bit that's not satisfied. Gotcha. Makes that's sense. The bit that's... So what you're trying to say, Tracy, you're going back next year, yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Well, CCC or, or UTMB or TDS? Well, what? this is this is this is the decision I need to make at the minute. Um, it, it's I've. I've UTMB is definitely there for me to do at any point. I can, you know, well, you know how it is to try and get in, but <laughs> it's there. How, and, Tracy, how is it to get in? Well, I, 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 is, it, yeah. is it quite a tough, um, is well, it quite tough to get to, in? Yeah, you have to get the points for a start. So you've got to do the races um, that carry the points for you to, to, to qualify to even enter for the UTMB um, and I'm, I'm not sure how political it is at the moment but there's you know there's there's if you compare the UK to somewhere like the States in terms of getting the points then there's not that many races really that you can get the points for um, in the UK whereas if you go on to the ITRA and look at the races that qualify you know in the states they they're everywhere there's there's tons of them so you have to get these points then obviously to e- to even apply and how how long is it if someone's starting from scratch and you might know the answers but how, i don't how, know how, yeah how many, how many years do you, does it take james you know for them to yeah, get I the mean, points th- to this, this is a, this is not it's not an issue but it's something we've dealt with since we started centurion because we first off when i first entered utmb you could just click a button and enter it didn't even fill up immediately mm. let alone have a, have a bit of ballot then it changed they started requiring a certain number of points um that's developed over the years now to this point where tracy's quite right you have to have 15 points to enter utmb from a maximum of three races and to put mm-hmm. that in perspective our our south downs 100 north downs 100 six points no race is worth more than six points so tdg six points UTMB wow. six points right so even yeah. if you finish UTMB you still have to finish probably at least another two hard 100k's or two yeah. easier 100 milers to enter mm. now we you can get anything from one point you know at a very straightforward flat you know ultra to to six points for finishing races and then you need less points to enter CCC and TDS uh, for example but 
you need to be an experienced runner to gain entry mm-hmm. to 100 milers that then get you the amount of points you need to, to get to enter UTMB. And yet, we still see people on the UTMB start line every year who just don't quite get it. And what I mean by that is the mountain environment, dealing with the conditions, estimations of pace and time, understanding how to manage things over two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think UTMB have done all they can to, to make sure that people are adequately prepared experience-wise to, to be safe on, on uh, uh, their events. The other way of yeah. looking at it is it's a, it's a money-making scheme because ITRA uh-huh. charge us as an organiser and charge runners um, you know, fees to, to have races evaluated and get their membership sorted out and things like that. I, I personally I couldn't agree less. They're putting in an awful lot of work to put that system in place. That's yeah. their prerogative. And many UK races look at that and think, I'm not interested in our event being a qualifier for somebody else's and I'm not interested in paying a fee for that to be the case. The reason Mm. we do it at Centurion is that loads of our runners want to have our races count towards a race that they want to go and do in the future. And I have been in that situation personally. So I'm prepared to pay the fee as an organiser to allow runners the opportunity to gain points to go and do these events. That's that's yeah, just something thanks. I'm willing to do. And lots of them that's, aren't. That's fine. That, um, how much is the fee, James? It, it varies. That's so that. you, we do, obviously, we have eight events, so it's quite cost-effective for us. It, it's, it's a few hundred euros. So it's, it's, okay. it's, it's something, but it's not huge money. Yeah. Um, and it certainly doesn't impact the entry fee we charge our runners, which I think is the main issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you have a small event for 30 people and you're paying 100 euros for, for, to be a UTMB red registered event, then you probably have to pass a cost on to ru- some runners who don't have any interest in it, which is, you know, isn't right. But mm-hmm. yeah, so coming full circle again, th- there aren't that many events in the UK that offer big no. points. So, you know, it's it, by being out there and, and running the events, you've got a good chance of then seeing what you want to focus on. And you do need to, you need to say to yourself, right, I'm going to do UTMB in two years yeah. and work a plan out of how you're going to get your yeah. points, I think. Well, I've already started, I've already started, sorry, Dan, I've already no, started no, no, no. to work out because I want to, you know, qualify. I want to get the points to qualify for the UTMB next year, but yeah. then I'll make my decision whether I'm going to do the UTMB or the CCC. Gotcha. So I've started to look at what's available. So I can, I need a few more points. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what's available between now and uh, the beginning of next year, so sort of February, March time, and there's nothing in the yeah. UK. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got my eye on a race, which is over in Spain, you know, so I may travel out to Spain in December to go and do a race purely to get the, the points. And that's a shame, really, yeah. because... So it, why not? Why, why haven't we got the races in the UK? I think there's one race around in, in the winter time, one one shortish race, you know, um, uh, around it in December time, and and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, in terms of, uh, and and I don't think you you can't get points to quality. They don't buy into the scheme, so no. you know it's pointless anyway. So As there's an just nothing. It's quite. It's also quite soul destroying. We get so many inquiries for the Autumn 100, mm. which is in five weeks, because people are in the same situation as you, Tracy. They're saying, I've only got till December to get the points, and that's my last mm. chance really to get a five-point race in. That's not particularly 
you know, any more difficult than just the distance. So we get scores of emails from people saying, please can I run your race to get points to run another race? And I say the same thing to everybody. You can't run a 100 miler just to get points to run another no. 100 miler. You need to want it more than that. It has to be about more no. than that. Whereas if you're looking around for like a 50k, 50 mile mountain race that you can enjoy and, and you know, the points are a byproduct, then that, then that's a different thing, I think. But mm. um, yeah, my, my, my one downside yeah. of the system is that I think it's encouraging people to enter races that they're perhaps not ready for, really focused on just to get points, which in my opinion mm-hmm. is a really bad reason just to, just to do a race. So it doesn't guarantee you, no. No, you you may still not get picked, but I think then you get rolled over, and but then you've got to maintain your points. You know, you've got to do races perhaps the following year to maintain your points, and it's tricky. You know, it's a bit of a game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is where, in a way, makes it more special when you're on that start line, I suppose, doesn't it? If it's. uh, and you don't have to do UTMB, years. right? You could do OCC where you only need a point or two yeah. and then build to CCC. And they're trying to encourage that too, right? So it's a, it's a gather the experience, run the short races. I mean, Tracy, you've now done CCC twice. You've finished yeah. in the top 10. You've improved by three hours. You know, yeah. you're putting British running back on the map um, in terms of, yes. you know, um, top, top finishes. You know, we need more women like you really flying the flag for us. And with you and Holly up yeah. there in CCC, in the top 10 this year that that hopefully will speak to lots of the other british women out there to try and uh you know generate interest in in doing the same yeah. they see you guys doing that and it, and it means it means so much so yeah yeah so for, for and you also that you can still live in the uk and train for those mountains without having to be living in them yep. you know there's you can still do it in the uk so how did you You've do got it, it tracy this time what was yes. your what was your program? yeah well there was a lot of go I'm, I'm i'm based centrally so i'm in the midlands so i my closest kind of mountains are either in the lakes or north wales north wales being about half an hour closer so that tends to be where i go um so during the week i live in the flatlands you know i'm in the i'm in the midlands there's nothing there's a few bumps around you know but that's it yeah. so during the week i'll tick over um, and keep the legs moving and then obviously the weekends become you know weekend saturday sunday you know you're going out to the mountains and i'll do things like hill reps on snowden you know because that's, yeah. that's you've got to be a bit creative with it Completely. you know and you know you've got to get the climb in um so you know i'll go that'll perhaps be on a saturday and then i'll get i'll, I'll put a loop together so i do things like um what what's what i've named the the paddy perry's um uh, horseshoe yeah, yeah. so you do a bit of, you've heard of the paddy buckley round right yeah and the paris horseshoe yeah. so you can yeah, buy yeah, them yeah, together there you go a bit of both you know Lovely. so i'll add in a few mountains there and just do a loop on it um so i'll, I'll park up and you know go around do this loop eight hour day back to the car you know and and and, and be creative with it like that uh, so i might do the hill reps on a saturday and then the sunday i'll i'll do the loops you know so i'll stay over in wales or whatever um and and then do that for the sunday and that's that's the kind of how how i the, the last sort of two months of my training went at the weekends you know you so go, all the that- that is how you prepare yourself in the UK in one fell swoop to finish in the top yeah. at CCC. That that is there's no better advice out there. Thank you, Tracy. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah so um yeah so and that that kept that format really for the you know probably for the the last two months before I started a, a bit of a taper about three weeks before so yeah, yeah I think Damien Damien Hall was doing almost the same sort of thing oh was he yeah. Uh, yeah yeah 11th or 12th in UTMB yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. he seemed to be the, spending a lot of weekends up in the in the Welsh mountains as well yeah yeah yeah, so Damien yeah, was done. our top place Brit in uh, in uh, UTMB. I mean, eleventh is at, is sensational. It really oh, is amazing. sensational. Um, and obviously, that's a, that's an improvement on last time where he was already pushing pushing the front of the field. I think the other big performance probably was was Tom Evans with his um, with fourth at CCC and Mike Jones yeah. who who was on our first uh, full episode who won Lakeland then went on to, to yeah, finish eighth. Yeah. Um, it is so good to see British new British runners as well, new faces coming through and performing to that yeah. level. Um, yeah. Really exciting. Any other sort of top British performances? Holly Holly was Holly Rush was just ahead of you, is that right? Yeah. She was in seventh. Yeah, well last year um the uh, last year was uh, it was okay race, but the weather played a part. Uh, but I'm not going to make too many excuses about it. Um but the weather did play a, a part. Um, and also, I took an hour sitting down in one of the checkpoints last year, giving up at halfway at uh, <laughs> Champagne Lac. I was giving up. I was taking my pumps off, you know. And um, it took a lot of persuasion to put them back on and get back out there. But that was an hour. So I knew there was time from last year's time that I could easily take out if I was having a good day. Um, and then the weather played to to our favour, really, for the Brits, because we're not used to running. You know, we don't get the sun. We do, you know, and, and uh, for, for a big period, a long period of time to train in. So the, the weather was more favourable for us this year. And, and last year, um, I didn't really, ha- I wasn't running anywhere near Holly last year, um, particularly after I'd, you know, taken this hour and half an hour here and half an hour there where I was walking. So, But this year, w- y- we seem to run pretty pretty similar kind of splits, really. And I saw her out there on the course to begin with a couple of times. Um, and then I just lost all sense of where I was placed and what my times were. I didn't have a GPS on uh, um, because the battery had gone on it, basically. Otherwise, it would have been on. So I didn't really have a sense of where I was. Um, uh, but I was being told, uh, um, you know, you're 11th lady, you're 11th lady. And I was taking over a few people and I was still 11th lady I don't quite know how it worked out but um but at one point I was told well Holly is the next lady in front of you um which then you know it, it's like oh th- well this is just amazing you know a, a great great race but I think she was just a little bit too far in front of me to I tired towards the end that last two hours maybe was when the tiredness came up to then I felt great strong the whole time never never wavered you know the training had paid off the those hill reps on Snowden you know they 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 paid off mm. but um I was tired towards the end and I was told that Holly was just the, the next lady in front of me I, but I had no idea how far in front of me she was and and I was just tired. And then, so at the end, I didn't give the fight potentially that I could have done in terms of, you know, catching her up and, you know, could have yeah. had a sprint finish or whatever. I was just simply too tired and then became tentative about my footing on the way down off um, off that last climb towards Chamonix mm. back, uh, back 
down and I was just being tentative and I just thought you know what it's more important to not fall over because it was the rocks were greasy they were slipping the drop the rain was just had been incessant and the important bit was to stay on my feet don't break a leg and get to the finish that <laughs> yeah, became more important than catching holly and you know yeah. um but i can't say yeah. it didn't cross my mind at some point because yeah. it did sure. you got to that finish though mate yeah yeah and you, you kept your pumps on yeah i did uh, yeah. and did you have um did you have crew out there with you or was it is um, well did you yeah, well, I, I didn't have crew as such, but um, obviously, Dan, you and I, you know, we both supported through um, through Raid Light. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, Anne Bethel, who's the kind of UK organiser of of the UK runners, um, and he was out there because he was doing some promo stuff with um, Raid Light. He was helping them out on the stand and whatever. So I'd actually travelled across with him in the Raid Light van. Most people are getting to see that these days. Um, and so he very, very kindly offered to support me uh, at the support stations on on for the U, uh, for the DCC. Um, Beth was out there, obviously doing UTMB and Kim, and uh, you know, and and they'd got support with them. Otherwise, he would have been helping them as well. And he certainly did yeah. offer to do that. So it was just great that he was there. And to be honest, it does make a difference. It does make a difference. It, oh, it? absolutely. It is one of the races, though, where their the A stations are so well stocked, aren't they? That you can do it. I mean, you yeah. can it, you can do it without crew as well, can't you? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, um, I seem to remember they they were they were brilliant. The, uh, the they're, volunteers they're amazing. in the A yeah. stations and uh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. must be quite Every- hard for crew, no? Because they're kind of it's hard for them to follow the race, no? They're, they're yeah, not, well, they're, they're they only allow them in to the there's, there's three um, for the CCC. There's three places they can go. One Champax Lac, one's Valacine, and the other one is Triant. So they're the only three places that your crew, your official crew support, can go to. And you 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 have to know where your runner is because you're only allowed in for a certain amount of time. And it's just before your crew, before the person your your runner gets in, they allow you in because otherwise they'd just be overwhelmed yeah, yeah. with people. They have yeah. to. So Drew Drew, one of our staff, Centurion, he um he was out there just supporting this year, and he said driving Trion when Francois and Killian were coming through at start you. TMB, the road was actually shut down. The oh. crews were literally just parking their vehicles in the middle of the road and just dumping them and then walking or running to the checkpoint to see people through. Oh, That's how bad yeah. things had got on the road. I mean, this is from eight years ago where you could crew anywhere. Uh, you could yeah. drive into, you know, if you could get to the refuges, you could on foot, you could, you could drive to like places like Arnouvre. I mean, if that happened now, uh, the whole valleys, all the valleys would just shut down. I yeah. Think. True. So yeah. they've rolled with the times and obviously continually reduce the number of spots you can have crew. But I don't see those three big ones on CCC changing. And it, it is nice mm. to have, you know, stuff out there, um, people out there looking out for you and, and giving you helping hand. So Tr- Tracy, yeah. what's what's next? What's what's next for you? What's your next big race? Wow, I'm actually doing something which is totally new to me, and uh, people keep saying, "Why are you doing this?" And I, I can't give a, a plausible answer other than I just want to do it. I want to experience it, and I'm going to do a 24-hour race, um, and it's one in China. 
and um, that's in December. Sorry, that's the in November, fifth of November. So I'm in training for that now. Um, I, I use the word training loosely because I really don't know what I'm doing with it. But um, it's exciting and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really excited about it because, well, Dan, obviously, you've got all the experience. James, I don't know if you've ever done a 24-hour race. But yeah, it's... James, is, James is as experienced as me. Yeah, okay. There you go. So you two desperately need to give me some tips because no, but but I'll I'm... tell you what. Uh, Tracy, I know I, I actually raced that race you were racing last year. Yeah? Yes, you did. The same, to the same place, and and because the thing, the thing we talked about it before in a previous episode, it's just it's the boredom, it's the mental thing. I yeah. know, and twenty four hour race. But the best thing about that one that you're running is it's 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 set in a, it's like a film set. It's like That's um, it. it's yeah, like a chat, like the kung fu movies, okay. and. Um, <laughs> So you're you're constantly it's like running around like Disneyland or something. I don't know. You're constantly yeah. there's always something to look at and something like you run through these fake um, like high streets from like I don't know Chinese uh, Victorian times and then you come through another bit and it's like a futuristic bit and it's um, brilliant. It makes yeah. it, it makes it a bit more interesting and yeah. And at night time they switch on all the lights and all these fake shops and stuff. So it's um, yeah yeah there's stuff to Something look at. To look at. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I I love racing in in China. The the hospitality of the the Chinese and and they really know how to put on a show as well. It's oh, good, great! Good. Yeah, cause yeah, I've never been before. It'd be my first experience of it, and I'm just so excited. And I've I've actually um, there's a there's a lake near where I live called Westport Lake, and it's exactly 1.2 kilometers and uh, for uh-huh. a lap of it, and that is the actual. Um, distance for each of these laps that i'll be running in china it's absolutely perfect get yourself out there for 10 hours today then yeah yeah we definitely need need some british women to um to step up and make the qualification standards no pressure but we we need you so yeah hope hope that goes really well for you and please do because i'm so i'm so into it and i'm so i just want to see what i can do i'm just really excited about it but it's a different it's a different kind of race isn't it i mean you know like you say the 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 mentality of it when you're in the mountains whether you're in europe or you're in wales or the lakes you've always got something to keep you busy and i hear what you're saying dan in terms of you know that it's relieving some of the boredom but you are i I just know that i'm going to get bored at some point i'm going to have this lull and this is what i'm excited about well what does what happens now what what do you do when your body is looking for every excuse to stop how am mm-hmm. I going to work through that? And uh, yeah. this is what I'm excited about. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a brilliant attitude to it, to it, Tracy. And with the experience you're carrying in now, you can definitely do well. And, yeah, uh, I hope so. So we'll be following yeah, your sure progress with great interest. But se- send us yeah. a note afterwards, um, and yeah. um, please pick our brains. Uh, Dan is the undisputed oh, master, so you you must uh, pick, and he's been there. So pick his brains for. Um, Perhaps oh, don't yeah, follow we'll all of his training tips. Worry. You know, UTMB yeah. the week before over two days is a pretty unique training approach to that event. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, each their own. So thank yeah. you so much for your time today and congratulations yeah, on great. an amazing run. Um, thank you. And long may it continue. And hopefully we'll see you back up there in a 
top 10 and above next year at one of the races. Yeah, yeah, let's watch this space. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks Cheers. again, Tracy. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye. See you. Bye. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us as always. Next episode, we are going to discuss the Tour de Jean with Debbie Martin-Consani, finished the race this year. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, big thanks to James Stewart, GB24-hour ultra runner extraordinaire for his intro and outro music.